listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Now, moving on just a little bit, and, and this might sound a little crazy, Jesse, but Will Levis actually kind of reminds me of Josh Allen. And <laughs> oh, I you don't did it. It, I don't I don't think he's as good, obviously, but here's why I think he reminds me of Josh Allen, more of how he looks, right? And like in terms of a guy who can sling it deep, right? He tends to sling it deep a little bit. And it, he's a tough runner for a quarterback, right? Not as good of a runner as Josh Allen is. You know, someone you know, like both these guys like just give up their body. He doesn't care. They, they don't care how they get hit. Um, and then he just like talks shit as he gets up and lets everyone know he got the first down. So that's kind of who he reminds me of. Um, now, I know a lot of people will point to the fact that Levis had negative 107 rushing yards this past <laughs> season. But <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, like losses are count, you know, on sacks count right. as, you know, a loss of rushing yards for quarterbacks. So I, I think there's some upside with Levis. Like he has the size. He's a big dude. You know, quarterback sneaks. Quarterback runs near the goal line. Um, you know, kind of like, you know, he's, he's been doing that, but we've seen Josh Allen do that, Dak Prescott, that, that type of thing. He seems to not have his mechanics altogether, right? Less than a two to one touchdown to interception ratio each of the last two years. That's not great. You know, he hasn't really had a lot of weapons to work with. He had Wandale last year who killed it, but then he lost Wandale and was left with nobody. And his stats didn't really change that much on a per game basis between last year and this year or the season before 2021 compared to 2022. Jesse, do you think that Will Levis can be a good NFL quarterback? Yeah, I think so. I think um, I I would put him in kind of the Jameis Winston area. Um, He reminds me of him a lot because of the the hero ball, this idea of I'm just going to chuck it downfield and my arm's going to be strong enough to fit it into this window. Uh, didn't always work out for Jameis either. And and the 23 interceptions over the last two seasons are the things that really concern me. Um, and then I found kind of the other alarming stat that I ran into today, trying to look a little closer at kind of the game-by-game production, is he threw for over 250 yards twice this past season. And the opponents were Miami, Ohio, not, not Miami Hurricanes, the Miami, Ohio Redhawks, and Northern Illinois. So two MAC Oof. teams. Those are the only two teams where he threw over 250 yards. I dug a little deeper. He went 10 and three the season prior, but much better season for their team. He had four games over 250 yards. Listen to these powerhouse programs against UL Monroe, Chattanooga, New Mexico state and Tennessee, which was the lone power five team that he ever threw ever in his career threw for over 250 yards in a game. So you're, you better be relying on those legs. You better be relying on him lowering the shoulder on somebody and making his team excited because I don't think he's a very accurate passer, and I don't think they trusted him uh, to throw the ball in, in certain situations because he threw so many interceptions. So he put his team in bad situations, and that is a, a huge red flag for me. So I still think that he's clearly four. You know, I, I don't think there's anybody pushing him for four. I think there's a pretty big drop off after this with quarterbacks. So if you're if you're desperate and and we've gone through those first three quarterbacks and you're sitting at seven in your super flex league and, and somebody else did Gibbs, somebody else did JSN. And now you have the opportunity to get Levis and uh, and he goes to the Raiders. I actually like I like that landing spot because he could develop um, maybe. You know, maybe it will work out for him, but I, I have concerns and, you know, I, 
he reminds me more of of like Mitch Trubisky when you look at playing on a on a 500 team didn't really put up huge number you know it's like those types of things where people fell in love with him too his size everything prototypical athletic think about remember all the ways they were talking about Mitch Trubisky oh yeah um so you know I I I the Josh Allen thing I just throw up a little in my mouth because it's just basically based on <laughs> height and weight and not anything on gameplay. Cause even at Wyoming, Josh Allen looked like more of a polished passer than people want to give him credit for. He sat out a lot of games too. If you watch his you know what? game, he, the last, he, he the just last a, game he played, he played really well. So he's just a big white dude who talks shit. That's literally like why. And, <laughs> and, 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 and you, and you know what it was too, for being like, you know, uh, him, him just chucking the like. like it seems like he has a, a deep ball. He at least he likes to throw it deep, right? That's that that's that's really what it comes down to. And then when he's near the goal line, within the five yard line, seven yard line, that sort of thing, where you know he has those options to kind of tuck it in and yep. run it in. And and you know, and when you say Jameis Winston, you combine that with Jameis Winston from a fantasy perspective, you're like, ooh. Did you say yeah. Jameis Winston? Yeah, uh, but well, and Mitch but, Trubisky was a relevant fantasy quarterback for a little bit too. So this, I think, this is Casey's point around: they don't always right. have to be, uh, you know, franchise. They're going to be the new franchise quarterback for the Las Ra- Las Vegas Raiders for years to come. Maybe they're just a great fantasy quarterback for a few years, you know. But but I, in Dynasty, you yeah. want those guys. You want like real franchise quarterbacks, right? Because I think you so. know yeah. if if you're. Gr- like if you drafted Jameis, let's say you drafted Jameis, and you're not really ha- you weren't really happy with that. Yes, did he have some st- spot starts for you? Did he have that one season? You know, even though he threw like the thirty interceptions, he got you thirty touchdowns too, and you know he had you know he he put up some fantasy points, and that was great. Um, but not really what you're looking for, right? So right. with that with that being said, Steve, like would Levis be the seventh pick behind the guys that we mentioned earlier in the two quarterback superflex league, or? Should he be after guys like, you know, Quentin Johnson and Jordan Addison, you know, two wide receivers who, you know, are going going to go in the first round, right? Who could have, like, in terms of, like, all of the pointers that you look for uh, in terms of drafting a wide receiver, there's going to be a significant tier break, regardless of who you think is more talented, maybe a couple guys underneath that. But in terms of them being drafted in the first round, early breakout age, all that kind of stuff. Like they have those markers that you're looking for. So how are you looking at that seven, eight, nine spot? That is the spot I would hate to have. (laughs) I would hate to have the seventh pick, man, because it's tough. Cause I think it's, it's a big tier and I don't want to give you the, the cheap answer of, Oh, I would trade out of it. You've been in these drafts. Sure. People know when you're stuck in that. No one wants the seventh spot. That's like no, that's like a, a no man's land right there, yeah. right? Because yeah. like no matter who you take, you feel like you're making the, the wrong decision. I know. And I, another thing that makes me not – this isn't like a deal breaker, but the fact that Will Levis will be 24 when the season starts, you know, it just shows that it took, you know, took him that much longer to get NFL ready, whereas like Josh Allen, a 22-year-old, you know, entering yeah. the league. So that does make a little bit of a difference for me. I, when I watch him, I don't like, I see very Josh Allen light. He doesn't seem like as good of a rusher, his deep ball. I know he's got a big arm, but it's not as impressive, you know, from my, my naked eye. Uh, Having said all that, a lot of the wide receivers and the running backs in that spot, there's, there's holes in their game too. There's no like flawless prospect at that spot. So I have, I've conceded to the fact that we've done a few of these mocks ourselves. I've passed on him before. 
I think I would take him at the seventh spot in a super flex. Obviously, I think I don't love it. It's one like I'm just like, uh, just, you know, I'll wait for my timer to get to the very end in hopes that somebody will try to send a trade off. <laughs> right, right. I'll just let it auto pick him probably at that point. No, I, I get that, man. But listen, like, what about Hendon Hooker, man? He's sneaking into the first round. <laughs> Former GM Mike Tannenbaum had him going to the Seahawks at five. Okay, first of yeah, all. Yeah, I saw that know, too. Just to, just to give some background, like, you know, Hooker is already 25 years old. Right, that is on some like twenty-one Jump Street shit, like right there. Like, <laughs> like are you a nar- are you a narc? Like, yeah. You know, like, so he ha- he has the tools, I think, of an NFL quarterback. He has the size, he's accurate, um, but there's a good chance that he might not even play this year, right, because of the ACL tear. I mean, he can maybe late in the year, but he toured in November, you know. So I'm not sure he's going to play this year. Um, but you know, good marketing by Tannenbaum, you know, of himself and I guess thirty uh, third team, but. <laughs> Jesse, you know, if Hooker didn't tear his ACL, you know, would that affect how you rank him? Like, would he be at least above Will Levis in this in this draft? I uh, I don't I don't know that he would have climbed above him. My my concern, and Stephen, this is broken record for poor Stephen that had to listen to this again. But I, that <laughs> <laughs> that system, uh, the system they run at Tennessee. This is again, Stephen kicked me around for the he called it context. Isn't that what you call it, Stephen? Yeah, yeah. Context. Um. That system has not produced NFL quarterbacks at, at any anywhere that Josh Heupel has been. The, the most famous example, we know him well here in Denver, is, is Drew Locke. And I think that Drew Locke went into the league and he didn't know how to read NFL defenses because that system is not set up that way. Um, they run a lot of double moves. They hit a lot of big passes. Man, the numbers look great on these quarterbacks by the end of it. And, and Hendon Hooker did come a long way. He transferred over from Virginia Tech to Tennessee. I thought that was the last we were ever going to hear from him. And then all of a sudden he was a Heisman candidate beating Alabama. But I do think that that, that system is a red flag for me. Any of the Baylor quarterbacks that came out, um, same thing. Everybody's like, oh, this guy could be good. And, and none of them were because it's, it's just a very – it's a simplified offense. Um, if you read up on the story of the offense, they basically developed it in Oklahoma – when um, I don't remember the name of the quarterback, but the, when Josh Heupel tells the story and, and Joey Halsley, who's his quarterbacks coach at Tennessee, basically their quarterbacks sucked. And they were like, we got to design an offense around. We don't have a quarterback and we are Oklahoma. We still right. need to win. We need to come up with something. And it's, it's beautiful to watch. It's really cool, but it does not translate to NFL success thus far, both for wide receivers which there's two Tennessee wide receivers in this draft class that people yeah. really like. So uh, that, and that I, is, and, I, and I'm that, still trying to why, figure out, yeah. I'm still trying to figure out how Jalen Hyatt was open on every single play yeah. that I've seen. No, I'm telling line. you, it's, it's it, very gimmicky. I, I understand it. Yeah. yeah. It's very, it's, you know, they, they run a lot of hitches. They run a lot of choice routes um, and, and they get the DBs coming up, 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 and then just right over the top. And right. man, uh, that was Casey's big thing. He's like, "How they're getting behind Alabama? That shouldn't be happening. They're they're just that good." And I'm like, "Well, the the offensive system is that good, you know? I don't know. It's a ton of wheel routes, ton of uh, pump and goes, and yeah, they just get guys to bite because they're running so fast as well. They run the highest pace offense in the in college football, and I think guys just lose their focus and they get beat deep. But yeah, I I I he was an avoid for me." even before the ace well 
I think the ACL just sealed it for him. I guess I should say I I was really into the story. And then when he blew his ACL, I was like, Oh, well now he's not going to get in a, he's not going to be in a system to be very successful. The only thing is, is if he goes to like Seattle later in the draft and he can sit and heal up, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe a place like that, we could see it, but that's also just so hard in dynasty, right. To like sit and be patient on a guy, especially when he's already 25 years old. Yeah, and he's going to be 20. He, exactly. he just turned 25 in January. It's not exactly. like he turned 25 this year. So he's going to be 26 know. before his rookie season ends. Like, right. <laughs> he's not, not that you're asking me, but I'm going to say he's just, he's not even on my board. <laughs> like, yep. oh. I don't have to worry about it. I, I, even in a super flex, like, depending on how deep your super flex league is. Um, but if you're going like 12, 12 team, four rounds, he barely makes the, the fourth round for me. Here's here's where I would go with the uh, the next quarterback because I think you know Stephen and I are pretty similar around just we're not really into Hendon Hooker. Who does the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take <laughs> in either the second or third round? Because right. that could be the guy that's going to see the field and could make an impact. If they if they went out and got Max Duggan, Jaron Hall, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I even like Jake Hayner a lot. He he'll go way he later did. in the draft, I think. But yeah. those are kind of the three guys that you know. Whoever ends up competing with Kyle Trask, I don't think Kyle Trask is the answer in Tampa. So I think you get in a good situation like that. Um, And um, well, and maybe even if Hendon Hooker goes there, maybe he makes his way back on because then, you know, you roll, you roll with Kyle Trask till Hendon Hooker's ready to go. I don't know, but I I just, it's the system. It's the Drew Locke thing that, that burned me a lot and a, a lot of different quarterbacks from that system that just haven't worked out in the NFL. Now, Kyle Trask was second round pick, right? Last year, wasn't yeah. he? This was the year before. The year before. Oh, this, so this is going to be his third year? Yes. Now? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's fine. I thought they, I thought this was last year. Okay. So, so that makes sense. I can see them taking another quarterback uh, in this year's draft. I saw, I, I, you know, I did see Jake Hayner uh, at the Senior Bowl. He was all right. You know, nothing too impressive there. But, you know, it, it's, it's really hard to evaluate quarterback at the Senior Bowl, you know, because, like, these are brand-new wide receivers. They're running brand-new stuff. Like, it, it's it's tough. Um, but I'll say this, though. Like, you know, he, he's a, you know he's, he's an interesting guy. He's older, also an older guy as well. So any of these guys coming out of the Senior Bowl, you know, you can't, you're not expecting them uh, to be young. But, you know, I did want to mention that, you know, the first round, like, again, I want to reiterate, the first round is really where it's at with quarterbacks. Like, if you're going to invest anything in Dynasty, like, these first-round quarterbacks, like, regardless whether you th- – in my opinion, like, even if you like Jake Hayner or Jaron Hall or any of these guys, like, you know, take take the shot with the first-round quarterback. 50% of those guys have gone on to be a top 10, top 12 quarterback, um, you know, in – in in fantasy football at some point in their careers um you know second round you have a chance third round you know thanks to Gardner Minshew there hasn't you know there's been one lately <laughs> but other than that like we haven't seen another one in a while you know if you go you have to go a bit further back we mentioned Russell Wilson earlier um but if a quarterback gets drafted in the third round or later like I don't think we should even bother to be honest with you even in super flex rookie drafts I'm probably going to be taking shots at running back wide receiver tight ends you know, am I off base on that, Steve, or are you still kind of taking shots on certain guys, even if they get drafted after the third? No, it's it's these it's these four guys for me. Uh, maybe yeah. maybe if you ask me after the draft, <clears throat> maybe I'll soften on that a little bit. But yeah. for me, it's those first four guys, and then I'm just looking elsewhere. You know, I haven't just, seen. You know, I I I'm super into the mock draft game. I'm I'm right. just scouring through them. You just don't see a lot of second round quarterbacks, like almost none. 
you know, I get, I've seen Hendon right. Hooker in there a little bit, but you know, that's where, you know, if Tampa, it's the 50th player, if they take a, a, you know, a second round quarterback, one of these guys fall in love with them. I don't know, maybe, but yeah, yep. other than that, it's going to be kind of that third round, no man's land. And then, and then we can, you can bring us back. We can talk about some running backs and receivers you should be taking instead. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I totally get that, man. Um, now out of those quarterbacks, like if you had to pick three guys, like out of Jake Hayner, Jaron Hall, you know, who, who are these, who are some of these other guys, Tanner McKee, Max Duggan, right out of TCU, Clayton Toon in Houston, right? Like are, are any of these guys, you know, potentially, you know, somewhat NFL ready, they could kind of come in and potentially, you know, work their way up, way up to the number two job, potentially maybe an injury allows them to take a starting gig. And you're like, Oh, okay. This guy might have something. Jesse, I'll start with you. The Clayton Toon one is funny because I think he's like 32 years old. You know, he, is he, he really? Yeah, I think he took <laughs> he did the um, the COVID sixth year of eligibility. He did a I think he did a sixth year. He's of only eligibility. he's only twenty four. Okay, he's only twenty four years was, old. I thought he was pretty old. Well, after all that, after all that talk about Hooker, uh, he <laughs> seems young all of a sudden. <laughs> like only twenty four. <laughs> yeah, I think you know. Here's if if you're if you're just gonna go off of upside in dynasty, Jaron Hall is coming out early. Yeah. He's kind of been a guy that uh, has been on radars for a really long time. I he couldn't beat out Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson is not going to be an NFL quarterback next year. So uh, he's going to be a backup, right? So I I have concerns about that one. I think for me, what I look at is it's almost like the Brock Purdy thing, right? Is it's like who who's the guy that I just wouldn't be surprised because when Stephen was like, right. "Are you surprised that Brock Purdy has taken over?" And looks so good in San Fran. I was like, no, this guy was one of the best quarterbacks in Iowa State history. I think I would be looking at that if I'm taking a flyer on a guy. And that's where I like I like Max Duggan because he took his team to the national title. And they 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 were gonna go with a different quarterback to start the season. That quarterback hurt his knee. This guy stepped in and finished second in the Heisman. And so he's just I I wouldn't bet against him. I could see, you know, again. He, he's not going to go start any place, but if you're looking for, uh, if you want me to say which guy wouldn't be surprised to pull like a Brock Purdy down the road, it would be Max Duggan based on, you know, the production that he had at TCU. He was a great player for them for a long time, really highly recruited kid, great character guy. Um, so, and, and I, I think Jake Hanner is probably too small to, to yeah. really do much and he's going to get drafted super late. But he was just incredibly productive at Fresno State. He was a big-time recruit. He got recruited to Washington first. So it's not like he was always a small school player. Um, he was a Washington Husky for a while. So I, he's another guy that I kind of like. But, yeah, I think, honestly, it's just it really is kind of flyer at that point. Um, because yeah, Duggan I, does intrigue me a little yeah. bit. You know, like, like you mentioned, like he's a playmaker. You know, he, he's an athlete. You know, he runs the ball too, which is something that – you know, if you're looking for a potential dual dual threat quarterback, you know, he is that type of player. So, you know, if you're, you know, if I'm in a third round of a rookie draft, like he might be there, even in Superflex, yeah. to be honest, um, especially if he doesn't get drafted in the first, I, I would assume that it would be third round or later for him. Right. So, yeah, um, I would think so. Yeah. So it, it's it's interesting, man. It's going to it's interesting to see where these guys land. Um you know, and, and we'll kind of, you know, take it from there. But I think that's going to really do it for this episode. You know, I want to, I feel like I want to do a podcast with you guys every episode now. <laughs> that, that was that was a ton of fun, like a lot of insight, you know, for me, for sure, 
and I'm sure the listeners definitely benefited too. So thank you, Steve. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah. Um, you know, you blessed me and our listeners with a ton of knowledge. We're all quarterback experts at this point. Please, 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 guys, go find Steve and Jesse's podcast called Fantasy Guides wherever you find your podcast. Oh, that is the other guy too, Casey. He's on the podcast too. He's on, he's on uh, there in the background. We we mute him from time to time, but he's on. He, he did. He did though. He goes, what? Where's my invite? He's the comic sure relief. He, you you don't need the comic relief on on this one. You got. You oh, got so that's what he does. Okay, that's I was wondering doing. what he does. I was wondering what he does on the podcast, but uh, he's on there. <laughs> I, we we had one talking about free agency, and I was talking about the um. The Cincinnati running back that just went to Denver, <clears throat> blanking on his name right now. Samaj P. Ryan. P. Ryan. P. Yeah. P. Ryan. And I was talking about how I liked him because he's versatile. He was looked better than Joe Mixon last year, and he can catch the ball. He's a good receiving back. And then we go to Casey, and it's like I don't know what he was doing, but he goes, uh, "Yeah, I just, it, I just don't know about his receiving work." And he just, he's like <laughs> basically just undoing what I just said. And I'm like, "Were you not listening to me?" But <laughs> no, awesome. he, he's, he's kind of he. We love having him on there. We just, you know, there's, we couldn't have four people on a podcast. I'm just, be too I'm many. just listen, man. It's just, it, you know, it, 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 this is now taking a life on its own, yeah, like just to like yeah. make fun of this situation. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Casey. I met Casey out in the fantasy, you know, fantasy uh, football expo. So he's, he's awesome. He's Casey's brother also. So or, I, my brother, Steve, Steve's Steven's brother. brother. Yep. What, what, what did I say? Casey's you said, brother? You said Casey's Casey's brother. Casey's <laughs> Casey's brother. Yeah. It's kind of kind of accurate. Yeah. Uh Steve's Ooh. brother, you know, he's hilarious. He's 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 the glue of their podcast. So make yeah, sure to check is. it out yep. and subscribe. Uh Casey's a big part of why it's a great listen. And make sure Absolutely. to follow and subscribe to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast wherever you're listening, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to make sure you have the latest episode ready to go. We have a special episode later this week talking about bets you can make around the NFL draft with a very special guest. And we're talking tight ends next week in a deep, 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 deep tight end class. Oh, yes, I said it. A deep, (laughs) tight end class. Uh, That's an episode you don't want to miss because there will likely be a tight end or two from this class that makes it into your starting lineup pretty soon. Thanks, everyone. See you soon. Thanks again, guys. Thanks for having us. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 